podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So I heard from my sister's friend's cousin that Kohl's has the lowest prices of the season and had to see for myself. For real, the deals are so good. I got my kids' summer tees for $5.99, a cute swimsuit for myself for $17.99, and a shark vacuum for $199.99, which will be great after Sandy Beach Days. I got Kohl's cash, too, and I got it all in less than an hour with free store pickup. So, yeah, summer, I'm ready for you. Select styles ends May 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. I'll only be a minute. Come in with me. What is HomeSense, anyway? Look, outdoor furniture is in. Hey, that's a great brand. And it's a six-piece set. Check out this price. Are you sure that's not just the nope. table? No, chairs, too. Is this an outdoor rug? It is. It's nicer than our indoor rug. Outdoor ottomans, planters, patio umbrellas. Are you seeing these prices? You save a lot at HomeSense. This is the year we love our backyard. Can I say something? Yes. I'll get the truck. And that is why I love you. Save on outdoor like never before at HomeSense. Discover a store near you at HomeSense.com. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Fatback 4 podcast for this Sunday night. As you can see, there's only three of us. One of us has had to drop out with extreme food poisoning. Um, I have Grace and I have Keith with me. Uh, the lineup for tonight, um, we're going to talk Burnley. We're going to talk the top four, relegation. Um, we're going to go back to Burnley and some of the things that happened in there. Um, we're gonna, I want to talk Curtis Jones. And um, then we're going to have a sing song. And then we're going to... Um, then we're going to do a random question at the end, but it is football related, so the lads will be all right. It's n- it's not one of the mad off the wall um, random questions that we usually have. Loads of people in the chat tonight already. Um, I can see Avo, Stephen O'Connor, Chris Brack, Joe Robinson, uh, Barry Carr is there. Avo, did I say Avo already? I probably did. Uh, there's loads of people there, but and you're all very welcome. Um, if you are on YouTube, please share hit like subscribe do all that stuff and um, we've passed 2000 subscribers and because of that uh grizz is going to sing the fairy tale in new york later and i don't know what we're going to do when we pass 3000 anything could happen uh but listen where we'll start um where we always start and it's liverpool against Burnley. a one-all draw at anfield yesterday afternoon and straight away i want to start off where we always start and it's at the beginning Grace I'm going to come to you first um, I wasn't surprised Nico Williams played um, I was a little surprised Curtis Jones played and everything else looked fine by me what were your, what were your thoughts when you seen the lineup? Um, I was uh, again pleasantly surprised um, pleasantly surprised to see Nico Williams get a goal in his in his right position um, Curtis Jones instead of I was expecting Naby Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a bit of a surprise as well but again you know great faith shown in his youngsters uh, the kids that he believes in um, but yeah again I wanted Minamino just to play even if he plays crap Gav I don't care just play just get used to Liverpool the forwards the way we play everything but that's just me you know not knowing the intricacies of of coaches and how they operate and they have mm-hmm. their separate plans so as a fan i just wanted him to play and sort of just see minamino you know what's this uh, what's this kid how is this kid going to set up in our team but apart from that um pretty much expected wasn't it just yeah. those two changes were slight you know slightly trent i mean I, yeah the rotational fullbacks we, we often do that during the season as well where 
one of the fullbacks gets arrested and, and then the following, the other one gets arrested. So, yeah, um, as I said, everything by the Hendo injury um, going like a pre-season should really. Yeah, Keith, um, on the preview show, I, I thought we would play with um we would play with Nico Williams at right back mm. because, as Chris said there, he gave him a go a left back away to Brighton and I thought he just rest the other full back again. Yeah. And Nico Williams looks like, to me, it looks like he may be the backup for right or left back going forward yeah. if that's what Klopp wants to do. I was surprised. Um, I thought Fabinho would play. I, um, I thought when Alden would play and then it was a case of possibly Oxley Chamberlain or Keita, but he, he went with Curtis Jones and again, um, a little bit surprising, but then again, he signs the contract and you're thinking he's going to give him a run somewhere. But the team was fine, wasn't it? Absolutely not a bother. Like. Yeah, and we're at a stage now where there's very few players that will go into the team that um, will weaken. Sorry, we know people have their issues with when Degsy plays or whatever, people are going mad. If Lallana was to go, I know he won't be playing anymore, but when he'd get in, people are going mad. But if you're throwing in a, a Nico Williams and a... Curtis Jones like it's good it's exciting to see them now I didn't think Jones would have played I, I might have actually predicting that he would but when you play look at the fixtures that are left right so Burnley at home and then you've got Arsenal away Chelsea home Newcastle away like where can you give them the games where can you put them in if it's mm. not the Burnley game at home even though Burnley are a big physical side, I, I thought the team was fine when I seen it I was excited by it to see them getting a run out Nico at right back and Quarters in the middle, so yeah, it was it was fine. Like Riz now, I thought Nabi would be playing. I thought it'd be Fabinho, Wijnaldum, and Nabi. Mm. But happy enough to see Quarters getting a getting a run. Yeah, and listen, the game, Grizz, the game starts and and progresses as we thought it would. Burnley sitting back deep, um, trying to use their physicality up front when they could with with <laughs> Chris Wood and and Jay Rodriguez. They get a couple of corners, they get a couple of free kicks, more down to where kind of, um, I suppose. Just us being off it a little bit and concentration dropping slightly. And I just thought they were some silly free kicks we gave away. And the corner's fair enough. And they tried to pin Allison to his line and stuff like that. And that's allowed. But um, just sticking on Curtis Jones because, you know, Salah just looks like a man on a mission to score goals. And that's going to affect how he plays with the rest of them for me. Um, Man A looked bright. And, you know, he was looking to, to get stuff going. Fabinho, Wijnaldum were perfect for, for Curtis Jones there. But Curtis Jones seemed to drift around the pitch an awful lot, Grizz. Like, you'd see him in the nearly the left-back position, the right-back position. He was he was literally given the freedom of Anfield yesterday to, to do what he what he could do. And I thought he'd done it really well. I enjoyed him. I really mm. enjoyed his performance. Um, <laughs> some listeners and viewers might go mad here, but he reminded me of Lalana when he first joined. Okay. A, a lot of neat touches, a lot of good technique, a lot of endeavour, popping up here, popping up there. But unfortunately, just lacking that killer touch. But that's not to just solely blame the performance, uh, sorry, the lack of goals on him. You know, as we know, and we probably discussed all the front three were, had a bad day, basically. But I thought for me, you know, and, and Manny looked busy. Um, we'll get on to the, because I thought we were quite wasteful, but, you know, you're saying the final touch and stuff from Curtis Jones and others, 
you have to give Curtis Jones, despite his young age, and but you have to give him the benefit of the doubt as well with some of the stuff, you know, in front of goal. He could have had one or two, but you have to give him the benefit of the doubt, Chris, because if that's a seasoned professional coming in for his first game and God knows how long, you're kind of going, brilliant to see him back, played really well, and that extra 5% will, will appear over the coming weeks. Jones is doing that as a really, really young young guy. Oh, no, absolutely. Um and the best thing of it all for me was uh, it looked like he knew he belonged there now. He didn't look like um, a kid trying to impress, uh, as he has done sometimes, and that's absolutely natural as well. He looked, he played with a bit of maturity, popping off the ball, playing one-twos. I thought his, I thought his understanding with Bobby was very, very encouraging. I thought the link-up, mm. the interlinking play sort of the given goals with Bobby was very, very um, uh, positive. Um, he just looked like a guy who, who's, you know, signed a new contract and knows that he's got a long-term future with this great coach of ours. And he played so, um, as I said, very busy, very technical, you know, good manipulator of the football. You know, obviously he will learn when to release, when not to release. And the more he plays, he'll get all that. That's fine. But it was great to see him um, sort of feel part of the team. Um, yeah, I, I liked his, as you said, though, but it was crucial that Ginny and Fabinho were with him to give him that proper, stronger um, platform, steady platform to go ahead and, and show us what he's made of. And um, and you've got to remember, we, play, we played Burnley that had nothing to play for, but every, but they played like they play every single game. And that was very physically, sort of very physical in your faces, Low block, you know, physical defenders, centre backs, midfielders snapping away at you. Um, so I think it was a brilliant test for for the kids, and uh, I thought they'd done very well, especially in that first half. I thought we were, I thought we were sensational, to be honest with you. Mm, um, there's a super chat in here for for nineteen dollars ninety nine, right? From MB, and it says, "Where's Marty?" Hashtag sign Roos, hashtag Chris for ITK of the year. Um, whoever MB is was obviously watching the interaction we had on Twitter about an hour ago where um, a guy called Marty gets very upset over Chris and, and, and indeed Andy Young for some reason. But um, the, the super chats, I, I don't even think there's a way of me stopping these now, is there? Like, it's like I just keep saying it and no one's listening to me. Um, I, and to be honest, I don't even know where the money goes. I don't even know how we get it. I don't know how we, we, we access it. I don't know. Because someone said to me, you must have like 50 quid in Super Chats. I can't find the stuff. I don't know where it goes. It must go down a hole somewhere. But thanks, MB, for the Super Chat. Um, I'm trying my best to stop them. But these pricks that are watching just don't listen. And uh, I say that in the nicest possible way because we feel like we, we know a lot of them now. Um, but... You're right in what you're saying, Grizz. Um, like, and, and Willow Moran says there, it still looks like we're playing with a bit of a hangover. I thought that was only going to last a game or two. It's just as well we have the title wrapped up. Keith, um, I'm going to be honest with you. And, and a half time I had BT on and I don't usually watch any coverage before or during or after the game I was literally watching the game and um, at half time I said like, well, I was doing a bit of walk in the back garden I came back in and they were saying oh that's typical Liverpool forced half and all I'm going to be honest with you um, I thought we were neat and tidy I thought um, we didn't look like we were going to give a goal away for the, for the vast majority of that forced half but I don't think we played as well as people um, I don't think 
we played it as well as people make out in that first half. I thought some of the chances that came away were from kind of, you know, percentage balls in the box that happened to drop in around Salah and stuff like that. And then Nick Pope was just, you know, Dino's off for 45 minutes. Did you think we played really, really well? Uh, I thought we played well, but yeah, not sensational. You know, it wasn't the case that even though we had all the ball, we had all the possession, we were having shots. Mm. Nick Pope is pulling saves out of his arse left, right and centre. Good goalkeeper. He is a good goalkeeper. He's a very good goalkeeper. Very underrated. Um, and when you consider that Yahoo was the England number one, long may that last if they're ignoring a, a player of the calibre of Pope. But he had a great game. Now, I thought we were good without being sensational. I didn't agree with the we were great. We were. I thought we were good. I thought it was a, I was happy with the performance. You know, thinking, right, the goals will come and as this game goes on, we'll, we'll get a few goals. But, you know, it didn't work out that way. Now, touching on the what you were saying about Curtis Jones there, I just want to say the thing I like about Curtis Jones is the confidence that he has on the ball and the fact mm. that, as you said, he was given the freedom and he was picked, he was popping up in the left full position, he was popping up here, there and everywhere. And what that says is he, he's a highly confident, a high confidence player and everything else will come with that. If you're not afraid to try things, you, you, you know what I mean? You, you'll start doing it and it'll start coming off from him. If you look at players like Madison and all that, you know, they're confidence players looking at these true balls. He could be that type of player for us, which would be great. Now, if you think of the likes of Mason Greenwood is the flavour of the month at the moment, he gradually had to build his way into the level that he is now. He didn't just, even though he was highly rated in the U teams at United, his first few games, you know, weren't perfect. But he got there by getting games and Jones will get there by getting games for us. It's the only way players can develop. Do you know what I mean? Is by playing. So mm. I was I was happy with his performance in general. I thought he was uh, uh, getting it about moving it and trying to, trying to make things happen. Um but I just think the the team itself, uh, unfortunately, you know, when Salah doesn't have a, a great game and he's chasing the records, and look, he's obviously he's going to be chasing goals. You can't blame him. It, it can it can affect how um, how lethal we can be. You know, if he's if he's wasteful with his shots, and if I thought Mane was good, I thought Bobby was good, I thought Matt was a little bit off, but. I thought we were good in the first half without being sensational. A long way of getting to that point, yeah. Good without being sensational. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I maybe maybe um, sort of got carried away with sensational. I think sensational would have been... You think? If we, I think, no, no, no. Let me give it context. I think sensational would have been very apt if we put away half of our chances that we created. Yeah. So that makes it a very good performance in that first yeah. half. Because... Because, as I said, Burnley didn't play that as an end-of-season, sort of just a stroll in the park. Those... I thought they were... were I thought, they were, I thought I they were thought very snappy and physical. I, I thought they were very passive, Burnley. I'm being honest with you. Like, I'm used to Burnley coming out, and they are physical. Uh, they work very hard. They get up to their front men who hold on to the ball, and they try build from there, and they will try to get free kicks, and they will try to get corners. And it happened yeah. a couple of times. But I even felt, yeah, I see. I even felt def- defensively wise, they're quite passive, and we just we seem to be going around not through the motions. I wouldn't go that far because through the motions makes it look very sloppy. I thought we were neat and tidy, and we just never really bothered to click into an extra gear and put them away because they were there to be put away, Chris. I think we made them passive. I thought we were very. Um, I thought we were very good. I thought <coughs> we played that like uh, we played the majority of our 
games at mm. Anfield. I just so mean they weren't think, they weren't aggressive in anything they were doing. Like usually, their forwards are well, aggressive. Well, the thing is, but the thing is, Gav, they've come up against Van Dijk and Gomez, or more focused Gomez. That was one of Gomez's better performances. We've, mm. you know, he's been a bit iffy since the restart, but he was back yeah. to his best there. So therefore, their forwards were deemed or looked passive. Your words. The reason mm. why was because we were manhandling them. Every time they tried to play that tactic mm. of getting to the front front man where he shields it so well that the least he gets is a free kick out of it. Um, and, but they weren't able to do that because we were very clever. Uh, we were very strong. Van Dijk and Gomez absolutely manhandled them with Fabinho and Ginny just in front as well. So I thought we made them look passive. I think we had them penned in. Look, Burnley, you're right. Burnley's outball is always... In, they, I mean, look, Crunchton, they always play two front men. So they've got a couple of big targets there, but we just didn't let them out. And I thought that was down to our intensity. As I said, if we put even three of those chances away, you're looking at 4-0 at half-time. And then um, sensational is the apt word. But we were very good um, by the finishing. And look... The most Salah scenario, I know we've touched on it, but it's a bit tricky, man. You know, how can we criticise one of the greatest forwards, in my opinion, that's going to grace the Premiership by his, by the time he's left? Mm. But there's no doubt, there's absolute no doubt that his thirst and his passion for that golden boot did affect him. And then as a result, the rest of his teammates, in my mm. opinion. Yeah. Um Half time comes. Liverpool are one nil up. Um, I think Pope makes another brilliant save just on half time as well. Um, it might have been from Mane, I think. Um, was it Mane? He, he, he stretched for one that and literally the half time whistle goes. Yeah. But Keith, the second half starts and Liverpool much the same. They're out, they're on top. And f- I'm being honest with you, right up until that drinks break where we make a sub, we should have had three or four Keith. You know, yeah. Firmino hits the post. Um, Jones has a chance. There's a couple of things dropping the box and they're not quite right. Nico Williams is right in the box trying to do stuff. Yeah. And, and when it didn't seem to come, we seemed to get a little bit, a little bit lax. And I mean that in, in, you know, in a sense that even around the box, we were half doing stuff. And, and Firmino at one stage must have had about 14 touches in their box without anybody going near him. And then he lost it. Was it just a case of, ah, we're not going to score another one, but we're not going to concede? Do you think that was the sort of thing that happened? Yeah, or I, was it just, was it just, oh, we kept the level up and they just suck up punched us a bit? Yeah, it, it may be a bit of both, to be honest, Gav, because I think, despite what we I say this on every show now, the intensity has dropped, you know, and we mm. can't expect them to have that intensity, despite, you know, Klopp can say it to them all the time, you know, look, get the intensity going, get the intensity going. The, the likes of Nico will run and harass because he's trying to make an impression and Curtis Jones and that. But, you know, the, the other guys have put a lot in and the, the the level just maybe even 5% off can have a big impact on the likes of that. But as Sean, you said in the chat there a minute ago, you know, we could have comfortably been up, you know, if Bobby doesn't hit the post, you know, if mm. there's chances, as you say, um, Pope's making saves all over the place. You know, we could have gone into that half. If we'd gone in there cleaning it up, it's yeah, a different no kettle of fish. I know that's a stupid statement because obviously it's a different game if you go in there cleaning it up. But if we'd gone in cleaning it up, no one would have been saying, oh, they were lucky to be cleaning it up. You know that way? So yeah, you have a player like Pope on form and he kept us out. And then we can call it the soccer punch. Virgil wasn't great on the goal. But 
you know, it's it's another thing. You know, the VAR doing us uh, favors again. You know, they they're getting called for an offside that they get the free kick from, which wasn't offside, and then just being asleep on the on the free kick. You know, yeah. it's it is what it is. It's just a sucker punch and. I know they didn't look like doing anything else. I know they hit the bar, but I wasn't worried that we'd have lost the game. It was like, it was like their approach to the game, as as I felt it changed as the game went on, changed their outlook on it. Do you know what I mean? Like, like Sean Dyche said, oh, we came with a plan. Come here and I fucking tell you, Sean Dyche, your plan didn't work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Only for, uh, was your plan to go and sit back and give away four or five really good chances and hope to God your keeper saved him? Because if that's your plan, I, I don't know what you're doing being a Premier League manager. Yeah. Um, he said his plan was to stay in it. His plan wasn't, wor- he stayed in it because his goalkeeper is excellent. If his goalkeeper is an inch away or, or just, you know, half, of, if he doesn't move his feet, half a step on one or two occasions. They're three or four nil down at half time and the plan doesn't work. But Grace, I want to come back to you because the the, the drinks break comes and I thought it was strange. They, they wanted to make the substitution, the double substitution, which was Keita and Trent for Curtis Jones and um Nico Williams, right? And I thought fair enough, they're two young lads, they've had whatever it is, sixty odd minutes or sixty five minutes. I've no problem with it. They're, they're both playing well, but you need to you need to look after these lads. But I thought it was a bit naive of what we done, Chris, because look, we know from football and even if you go like Keith, Gar, they all teach kids football and one of the biggest rules is you never make a never make a change at a corner. Yeah. And we done that. We more or less done that because they had a free kick um you know, 15 yards inside their own half, that they were always going to put in the box and we're making a change. Now, listen, Antico says it's a glorified pre-season. I get that, but I still have to look at the game as a pan do. Um, I'm in no way bothered, Ant, by results and points totals and stuff like that. I couldn't be arsed. I've said it from the season's begin. Once we win the league, I don't care how it's done. But Grizz, that sort of stuff, for me, puts the wrong, I suppose the wrong outlook onto the pitch when you see I oh, will just make a change during the drinks break and you know there was clearly confusion there over the over the free kick and how you well, set I, up for it well A it shouldn't have been a free kick as later transpired you know um, it was offside sorry it was given offside for one of our forwards when it wasn't offside um, so that's that's the main thing um, and with regards to substituting on look yeah, it's difficult to it's difficult to criticize our 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 coach and and, and their ideas. But as uh, was it Dicko who just said, oh, there you go, yeah, glorified preseason. Mm. I mean, you know, that's that's it's the kind of thing you do in a preseason. Do you know, make yeah. changes sort of at odd times or or regardless of what the situation is on the pitch. So you're right; it doesn't give it doesn't give the right sort of you know. Um, in a pic, it doesn't give it, show us in a light pic, right picture in terms of we're actually going for this record, or you know, maybe it's true. Maybe he doesn't care about these records and points, and maybe, you know, as I've suggested, that maybe his aim is just to be ready for day one. Like mm. as as far as he's concerned, the title is done. I don't give a shit about caps and and points and golden boots. Well, he does because he didn't bring, you know, he didn't sort of say anything to Salah. It didn't seem like he said anything to Salah in terms of, you know, add more variety to your play, Mo, as opposed to cutting in and taking a shot every time. So, look, the whole approach, I think, I've said it 
and I, and I truly believe it now by the way he's treated these last couple of games, that his whole aim and his sole aim is to just to be ready for that first game of the season. And he's treating these last two, three games as a glorified extended preseason. And that's the way it is. And we have to accept that, that that's the way forward. As much as we want records, as much as we want to be sort of remembered to reach the top that 100 points, the guy is probably meaning what he says when he says, I don't give a shit. Mm. I just want us to win next season and be ready for next season. You don't, I mean, it's um, frustrating at times. You know, we want to see... We want to see more. Well, we we want... There is yeah, people that want to see us win every game and, yeah, you know, and and, you know that's fair. 104, 102 points. Right? I think it's 102 was the max we can get yeah. there, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, is it 102? Uh, yeah, it was 104 yeah, and then we dropped two. What have we got? Like, we've three games left, have we? Three games left, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, 90, what have we got? 93. And yeah. yeah, okay. Um, But, Keith, just, just to stay on this for a second because uh, we were having this chat um in the WhatsApp group about, you know, after the game, our WhatsApp group were kind of, yeah, grand. Most of us were like, yeah. that happens. You know, you're playing Nico Williams, you're playing Curtis Jones. You're quite, you are quite wasteful in front of goal. There's, there's extra touches being taken when they don't need to be. Um, a bit lax for the free kick and, and the goal. It got a bit ropey here and there as well. And it just seemed the levels drop. But Keith, let's be honest about it. All things being equal, regardless of what you want, what you don't want, what you expect or what you see in the future with regards to what Chris said with, you know, day one of, of, of um, next season. Liverpool have won a title with seven games to go yeah. and I'm being honest with you, if I'm in work and I have a target, right, and I complete my target, you know, with 20% of a season left, you know, or 20% of my work week left, yeah. that 20% is going to be, the, the production is going to radically drop. Now, I know that's not a, a perfect comparison. No, it is. They, so haven't got any, they haven't got anything pushing them. <laughs> it, they can push themselves for three or four of those games, you know, yeah. like Chelsea and Arsenal might be two of those. Um, yeah. You know, um, Palace was most definitely one. Brighton was all right, you know, but they've lost to Man City, they've drew whatever, they drew with Burnley, right? But it's so hard to even keep that sort of intensity going when you know the job is done. I think it's very, very difficult. Yeah, it exactly is. And it's, you know, for all, look, we all think it'd be great to get that points total, but that's only so you can lash fans out on Twitter and all these things mm. and sort of hold it over them. And, and I know mm. Grizz will be holding it over, Bilby, if you get the, to beat the Man City points. But again, thing, you you're know? right. That's just a personal, you're right. That's just yeah, personal. But that, that's what it is now. Don't fans. get me wrong. I'd say Klopp yeah, would but you like see, to get we're, the record, but he's not focusing on it. If it happens, it happens. Mm. Yeah. It's secondary. Yeah, but the thing is, right, you're talking about Grizz and, and this chap Boovie from 90 Minutes, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but you see, that's the thing. I don't know why Liverpool fans are looking at this and reacting to this because yeah. this is just another excuse other fans are using. Oh, we've done 100 points. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. What you done? Yeah, do, does it, the do, what, do you get extra bleeding points somewhere? Yeah. Does the amount of league titles, do you get two because you've done that? No, you don't. Um, it's it's, yeah, Gav, it's, it's a mad one for me. Yeah, but Gav, you, the frustrating and the infuriating part of this season has been not other fans, for me anyway, not other fans and not other people's opinions, but our own, our own fans' opinions and our own fans' expectations yeah. and short memories, etc., etc. We've played probably as close as you can get to two perfect seasons of football mm. at the pace and intensity a Jurgen Klopp demands and expects. 
I, yeah, but I promise you, Grizz, if we are nine points clear going on to that break instead of 25, I can guarantee you Liverpool will do 102 points plus. Yeah. 100%. And I don't care I, if there's nobody in the ground. I, yeah. I agree with you. I think I agree with you. I, 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 I totally understand where you're coming from. But, you know, there's been so much rubbish and noise coming this week out. Well, it's a bit of a whimper. We've won it yeah. with a bit of a whimper. And I don't understand where it's coming from and the logic and rationale behind it. I think, and it, it just basically comes down to what we said, it's like personal egos. Our own egos aren't satisfied and therefore we're taking out on this superhuman, near-perfect team for two years. For fuck's sake, give it a break. Mm. Give them a break. Give Jürgen Klopp a break. They're mentally and physically have gone through the mill for you for two years to produce what is now one of the greatest teams the Premiership's ever seen, the Premier League, uh, the, the greatest Liverpool team that's ever this club has ever s- sort of seen and been proud of. Think about that. Yeah. But, you know, people have forgotten all that and now it's just, oh, well, first we wanted to get Invincibles, we didn't get yeah. that. I mean, the bar that we're setting ourselves is, is amazing and Fair play to Jürgen Klopp and his players for setting that bar so high, but some of these fans really need to sort of just humble themselves a little bit, in my well, there's opinion. A, there's enough people out there right, that'll <laughs> try and discredit Liverpool outside the without Liverpool fan him. base without our own fans doing it. Like you see players or fans on other fan media shows and they're talking about, you know, oh, what, Liverpool done this, but when we won the league, we were getting deep in cup competitions and all that. Couldn't give a show you what just what they own. This this team weren't getting anywhere in the Champions League. You know, like Liverpool are competing at the top end. And just because we didn't get anywhere in the Champions League this season, we got beaten by Atletico Madrid. Now, I'd put my life down that Atletico Madrid would be most teams in the Premier League in the Champions League. And it's no shame to be knocked out by a team like that. Do you know what I mean? A tough team. After There's... being battered. Let's not again yeah. give context. After being battered for 90 minutes. Yeah. Exactly. It's you know, actually we, we, we are the Atletico Madrid of Lancashire and they play 4 4 2. And yeah, Sean Bush went with a, a master plan of his keeper having a world. It's the same one that played in Simeone went with in the Atletico game. Um, Morbid Angel says that Terry from the Football Terrace is a reactionary provo- oh, provocateur and baiter. Listen, Terry must have bought himself a new fishing rod. Um, yeah. It was pointed out to him yesterday by our main account that um, he must be on a fishing expedition. He absolutely is. And listen, I wouldn't get too upset over it because Man United have been baited for a, a couple of years now and they've turned it around with five wins or six wins yeah. in a row against bottom half sides. And if they want to go on about that business, go about it and, and tell the, the world that you're brilliant. Um, but Terry's a nice fella. Uh, but I, I think he's getting way too many uh, people on the hook. Uh, yeah. Archibald Azar says, we need to buy. This is starting to look like Klopp's final season at Dortmund. He as in Klopp, needs to tell FSG that he needs signing two years without significant signing is self-destruction. Um, I'd be very interested as to how you have a comparison with Liverpool doing 93 points with three games to go <laughs> as a comparison with the final season at Dortmund. Um, I I think you're way off the mark there, but that's your opinion, but I think you're absolutely way off the mark. Um, if, 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 we, if we started next season the way Dortmund started the final season on the Klopp, where I believe at the time a fair few injuries and things weren't going well, then you might have an argument to come back. But sitting on 93 with three to go, um, no, I, I, I can't go along with that. But I've put that up on the screen because you're absolutely entitled to that opinion. Um, lads, 
Burnley get the equaliser and, and fair play. It's a good finish by Jay Rodriguez. Yeah. But again, we're a little bit lax. And as the game goes on, there's one other big talking point. And you know what? I I wasn't too bothered over it. I think it could go either way, that decision on Robertson. I think that guy gets a small touch on the ball yeah. um, and follows through and hits Robertson. You could argument that the follow through stops Robertson from getting onto yeah. the ball. And that's and the key. You, you, could, you could go go either way on it, right? But I wasn't too bothered. What bothered me afterwards was, and again, I don't know how I caught myself fucking sitting in the sitting room with fucking BT on, and Rio Ferdinand had the gall to turn around and say, well, in fairness, the penalty, it would have been tough on Burnley if they didn't get a point. And I thought to myself, no, hold on. You can't be doing stuff like this. Um, Grizz, first of all, the analysis nowadays is appalling and it just gets worse. And the second thing is, is it a penalty for you, Grizz? Uh, it's a tough one. It's mad. We can't even decide if it's a penalty. Like after seeing it for a hundred times and like days later, um, I think he gets a slight touch of the ball, but it's not enough to sort of. It wouldn't be enough to stop Robbo getting on top onto it if he didn't bring him down with a trailing leg. So mm. I don't know. It's a penalty. <clears throat> to your answer, um, I, I I would have given it. Uh, I'm trying to be neutral. Um, with in terms of the punditry and, and and the Rio and the BT Sports, look, you know, we already know the best place for analysis is on the day trippers. So you don't need to be sort of watching. Uh, BT yourselves and whatever. That, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't worry about all that. Just switch on to our analysis, and, and we may have a, we, we may we may have a solution to that for next season for you as well. Um, Ooh, but more amazing. to come on that in the in the couple amazing. of weeks. Amazing, but I I don't I don't let myself. <laughs> get worked up anymore in terms of how the media are operating towards us, you know, for the very fact that we're on top of the perch and they're going to do anything to knock us off in terms of um, sort of trying to belittle our elements and anything, you know, underplaying what we've done. Let them, it doesn't matter. I don't, mm. I don't agree with sort of getting worked up on, on every comment and every sort of angle they come out with. I mean, <laughs> Any real football man, you don't even need to be a real football man like me. You can be any, you can be a normal football man and notice a mere that a mere man. mortal football man can tell you that we batted the shit out of them. And if you think they deserved a point, you're a numpty. And Rio, we know Rio's a numpty because you know he's he's sort of decided. Do you remember his famous meme about sort of uh, going around about? Ollie's back at the yeah. yeah, you know they've mm. beaten the fifteenth. I think I think I think he's a bit um, I think he's a bit hesitant to say that again on what the well, no, no, well, well, later on. Well, no, well, no, he said it. So they've beaten the fifteenth place team, the eighteenth place team, nineteenth place team. They beat Norwich in extra time. Uh, um, the where ten men. They've had the eighteen penalties this season. They are nineteen penalties this 19. season, and he's had the audacity and. Fair play to him. He's funny again. He's, he's, but, he's fishing right out. He said, "Who's he's he's, he's done a picture, Chris, a picture on the phone on his back." Yeah, but Grizz, I have to stop you there, right? Because Santiago says it's no analysis at all. All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. 
football. It's just creating controversy for higher yeah. ratings. And it's shocking and disappointing. Now, if that's the truth, that's wrong. Right? There isn't people out there paying upwards or over 100 quid a month for Sky and BT for some fella to come on and be well paid to stoke a fire. Yeah. Right? Just to fucking cause controversy amongst the fan base. You're there to analyse a game. That's what you're there for. Right. If you want if you want someone to fucking whip up a storm and talk shite, go and get Mark Goldbridge at full time and let him talk, say something about it. And then that can store it up for you if you want to be BT or not. But you can't be asking. You can't expect to pay that money for, for BT Sport or Sky or anybody to put people on there and go, listen, we don't really care about your, your opinion on the game. We just want you to say something that'll cause a bit of controversy. The argument I'd have over the penalty is, and you could argue that he gets a touch, but my argument against it would be, and I even I think I even heard in the commentary, Oh, well, like the fella's only on the pitch. And I thought, well, what's that fucking got to do with anything? <laughs> if, I decap- if I fucking have decapitate someone a minute into the game, is it okay because I'm only on the pitch? Makes but no you know sense, what? right? That's a good but, point, Gav, before you go on, because that was always the old rule. You know, you get one for free when you just get on the pitch. And mm. it's the same as, you know, you got a nick on the ball, but you got a nick on the ball. It didn't take the ball away. He just put it into Robertson's path and Robertson couldn't get onto the ball because he got sided down by the defender. But this, so this is my argument. If that, guy, if that guy takes a touch... And puts it three yards ahead of himself and then makes no attempt to go to the ball and Robertson runs in and clatters into him. Yeah, man, you know, basically takes Robertson out while they're both on their feet. It's a hundred percent penalty. The fact that he goes down and gets a touch in it, it's the minimum of touch. It does look like a touch to me, a minimum touch. I but it, touch. It, it doesn't put it doesn't change the path of the ball as to where Robertson is going for it. No. So you could argue that. Um apparently Rio has said, according to Chris Back, that United are back to challenge next season. Um that's I the know, media uh, lobbying for them. Well, you see, I've heard Well, I've no issue if they want to be like that. Um, I think no, they've yeah. a really good squad. I, I've been it's on record of saying that. But I would say one other thing. What United are doing now and what's being said about them um, reminds me a lot of what's being said about Liverpool over the f- last 15 years when you're looking to cling on to something. And that's happened for Liverpool over the last 15 years. You know, you think, oh, this is going to be it and people drum it up. Um, I think you need a lot more evidence on United as to where they are. Um, and that will probably be in the first 10, 15 games of next season. Um, Grizz, he only used three of his five subs. Did you find that strange? Mm-hmm. I did. I tweeted it and um, loads jumped on my case about, oh, have a day off. Where you know um, we've won the league, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, which I, I said okay, fair enough to, you know. But I did think um, Jurgen Klopp, uh, for whatever reason, again, you know, trying to second guess our coach is mad. We have no idea into his great mind and thinking, but um, again, he didn't utilize the subs in terms of like there was Minamino still left, Origi. Even Shakiri, maybe Shakiri's fit enough for the bench. You'd like to think that he's got 10, 15 minutes in him, you know, you know, um, cutting, sort of bang one in the top corner, as Shakiri is very capable of doing. So that was slightly, um, slightly, what's the word, disappointing maybe, or frustrating, or thought-provoking. Like, why didn't he? I mean, I think, A, it was definitely to sort of keep Salah on the pitch. There was no way he was going to bring Salah off the pitch. Um, B could have been Bobby hasn't scored all season at home. This could be uh, just a tonic for Bobby, you know, if we get one. And C, Mane was the best attacker, I thought, out of the three. So there you go. I've given you explanations into why he didn't take the front three off. But 
he could have shaken it up a little bit. There was nothing really to play for in, apart from um, the points record. So maybe he could have, in, for that for that reason, maybe he he should have sort of changed it up a bit. You know, I use the word. I thought he froze for the last ten minutes. I thought he just switched off in terms of just let the game play out as it is, whatever. Um, that was my personal opinion from what I was watching. You know, he wasn't actively trying to do anything really. Just if we get a winner, we get a winner. Otherwise, as long as there's no injury. So, but can we blame him? No, not at all. Um, no, is there much just discussion thought... behind it? No, but yeah, I agree with you. I thought exactly. Made just the same, same strange. observation. Yeah, same observation as you. It was strange. He's, he's Keith. Am I right in saying I think he's used his five subs in every game up until now? Yeah, he always does like to use the subs. Now, I don't know, maybe he's probably done four or whatever in a game. But Grizz touched on it there. The front three weren't bad yesterday. Even though I'd said Salah was maybe, you could see that bit of greed in him. Like, he's still a threat and you know he's going for that golden bill, so he's not going to take him off. Bobby, I thought, looked decent as well. And to get that goal at Anfield was right, leave him on. And then Sadio was the best of the loss. So he's taken off the other two midfield players and he's still got Fabinho sitting in there. So he's not going to make a change with him. Like, who do you bring in? Shakiri, Origi, uh, Harvey Elliott, Minamino, where do you put them? Do you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it, it, maybe it was just a case that, look, it's not, you know, it's not going to improve us. My, on, my only thinking was is that if you look at Harvey Elliott, Minamino, um, Shakiri, they're not the biggest physically. Yeah. And I think Burnley were trying to filter us out wide and nearly look for us to get the ball in the box. Yeah. I, th- I thought that was a tactic of theirs. And it is of other of other sides. We usually walk around it by getting it out wide and Trent is just whipping ball after ball yeah. in. And then you get terrified and you, you, you try to change to something else. And maybe that was the reason. Having said that, he'd probably just look and go, and listen, leave the three of them up there because they're playing again on Wednesday and something might happen for one of them, especially yeah. uh, Bobby Firmino. And you never know what goes on there. Um Owen Borg says AFTV today after Spurs winner is comedy gold definitely worth to watch I'm starting to think that them boys are scripted yeah I'm going to be honest with you Um, there's seven of them sitting in the room pretending to be social distancing Um, it looks like a big warehouse or something like that and there's a couple of Arsenal things behind them and they're literally staring into cameras and stuff like that when anything happens it is a great view um, but I'm starting to think it's a little bit scripted I'm going to be honest with you Um, he doesn't make the subs fine Um. I'm going to have to ask you for a man of the match, lads, because I have a few bits to move on to. I have the top four I want to talk about, the relegation. Um, I want to have a little word on Jack Charlton. Um, we have a song to sing and I have a random question to go. So we have a little bit to go and we're about 45 minutes in. But, um, Grizz, give us your um, man of the match for today, please. Yesterday, uh, man of the match for me. Wow, bloody hell. Who's man of the match, guys? Hmm. I'll give it Curtis Jones. I thought it was okay. a very good. I thought it was a very good performance from the young lad. I'll give it Curtis Jones. I think he done enough. Okay, all right, Keith. Well, yeah, Mane was lively, and I liked Fabinho. I think Fabinho's grown and grown, but I'd give it to Robertson because the goal was brilliant. Ah. The goal was brilliant, and he was a threat, and he looked to be sort of back to his, ah, his he best. The best. He, he's drawn the drink out of him, and he's uh, he's back in there. So that's how I'd have given it to myself. Okay. You're taking it back and you're giving it to... Yeah, you're completely right. I thought that was one of the best. Listen, I'm I'm, going to go overboard again, but I mean it. I I thought that was one of his best performances of the season. I thought he's back to his... 
barnstorming best. I thought it was a lung burst. I was tired just watching him as Jose Mourinho says, uh, this guy is sensational. He saw there's no trend on the other side. He took it upon his the responsibility to be the main wide uh, attacking outlet threat defending brilliant i thought he was absolutely the header was a beauty like the goal was an absolute cracker i mean you know you put our strikers to shame to be honest with you yeah. with a header like that that was probably carolesque mm. oh yeah mm. put a bit of curl on it do you remember when yeah, yeah. Chan done the overhead kick and, and certain people <laughs> and someone there. said in, in, while he was in midair he decided to put a bit of curl on it curl on, that's right so it was very yeah. similar robo decided to put a bit of curl on it with his neck as well amazing skill. yeah amazing yeah. skill. Uh, Joe Robertson has uh, Joe Robinson has Robertson as his man of the match. Uh, Barry Carr has Fabinho. Uh, Santiago says Fabinho hands down. Um, Mohamed says Fabinho. Um, there's loads there. Uh, Kevin Sullivan says Fabinho. And um, wow. let me see. Yeah, yeah. Fabinho, Fabinho, I thought Fabinho was brilliant. Yeah, All I these wrong opinions. No, but there's no <laughs> doubt about Robert. All these these opinions are mad wrong. I mean, what's up with the crowd today? What's up with the audience today? Robo uh, was outstanding. Fabinho, I was really good. Great ball for the goal. Great ball. That little the chip little ball, he loves it. And he, move, isn't it? Goal he, me- he measures them very well. I'm going to give yeah. it to Curtis Jones because Grizz took it off and I don't think that's right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because uh, what I will... I killed his confidence <coughs> young lad. <laughs> I, will, I, will, um, I will say one thing about Curtis Jones and it, we, I've made the point over the last couple of games when I've seen, especially Villa, where we've seen Keita and Chamberlain um, together and it didn't work but when you're seeing Keita with uh, Henderson and Wijnaldum against Brighton he was really really good really good because he had two people there that took not took responsibility off him but were more responsible in a team shape so Keita could go and do what he could do um, and I thought Curtis Jones done a very very similar performance yesterday I thought Keita was brilliant against uh, Brighton I didn't do the reaction show but I think lads gave him a lot of praise and I think it was very very um, important they did and I agreed with a lot of it while I was watching the show and for me yesterday um, Curtis Jones as I said he was popping up everywhere but not only popping up everywhere he was being productive in what he was doing he knew when to play it simple he knew when to take a touch he knew when to release it he was trying to get beyond Mane at times he was trying to get beyond Salah he was trying to he was trying everything you would expect that midfielder to do and instead of just staying in a number eight position and looking to be on the half turn all the time, he was looking to come back. He was looking to move Bonnie's midfield around. And for such a young guy in um, what would be a big game from um, yeah. after signing this contract, I have to say for me, Curtis Jones was um, was absolutely brilliant, and I think yeah, he deserves man of the match. Um, before we move on, if you have, if you're watching, please like, <coughs> please share, please subscribe. Um, it's all very important. It gets more people in here, and we get more opinions, and we have a good laugh. Um, let me see. Uh, Chris Brack says, "True gent." Jack Charlton, legend for England and Ireland. Um, if LFC Bard had stretched to 20k, he would have played for us under Shanks. Um, I'm going to have a little chat about Jack Charlton um, before we finish. I think it's only right as an Irish podcast. Um, I think it's only right. Um, lads, the top four. Um, I was. I, I wanted to say it's taken shape, but it most definitely isn't. No. Um, Leicester have shit the bed. Chelsea. Chelsea are trying their best. United are bashing. Um, United are flat track bullying their way into the top four. Uh, Wolves are still hanging around there as well. But Grizz, not going to get mad into detail on this. I just want where we sit now. Where United have a game in hand that can go toward if they win it, but it would leave Chelsea, United, and Leicester all within two points of each other. Leicester, of course, play United on the last day, um, and I think Chelsea have a decent one on the last day as well. Um, where do you see this going toward and forth? Uh, United have got it. 
United have got third. Uh, I think fourth is between Leicester and Chelsea, and I'd probably say, well, we've got Chelsea's second last game of the season. Mm. But you just can't see Leicester winning again. I just mm. I don't I don't know when you know another mm. I don't know who they've got. So they've got Man United. I don't know who the other two fixtures are. Would you I'll have a look for you now? But David Walsh says Rogers is trying to be too clever with his formation changes. I think that's an absolutely brilliant point. Yeah. Leicester have uh, uh, Sheffield United, Spurs, and Man United in their last three games. Yeah, so that's home to it. Sheffield so United, away to Spurs, home to Manchester United. Yeah. yeah, so they're not winning a game. Um, yeah, I think they're going. I think they could come sixth. Yeah, I don't see them winning a game. I can see. But the home to they, Sheffield United, I don't know about that. Uh, they'll get a draw there. Sheffield United have got the, the wings back in their sale. Yeah, um, well, United, United have Southampton at home, Palace away, West Ham at home, and Leicester away. I think that's. I think they're absolutely nailed on for nine points. Yeah, yeah, they if, they, yeah. if they do nine points, they're going. They're going to Leicester. Whatever. They're going to come to toward, Yeah, they're going to finish toward. Mm. Um, so you know, amongst the jokes and everything and banter and everything, fair play to them. Um, mm. You know, he's done a he's done a good job. He's found a good mix uh, combination in midfield and everything, and and they are they're pretty good to watch. Um, you know, they're playing some fantastic football. So, yeah, it looks like they're going to get third. I think Chelsea I think Chelsea are going to get fourth and Leicester fifth. I think Leicester... But again, it's one of those situations and, 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 and you ask this question, did, if we asked Leicester fans would they want to finish fifth, would they have taken fifth at the start of the season? Fucking hell. They oh, would. yeah, of course they would. But listen, Chris, yeah, yeah. coming off the break and they were... They were like yeah, yeah, nine handy. points clear of fifth. Yeah, nine points. You know, clear they were they were it's talking about catching City, like you know. Yeah. Well, they won. You see, this is it. But this is the this is the hype from the media and everything. Look, you've got to always break it down. No, what and I mean is, what I mean by that is, Chris, is that you would have been looking upwards rather than behind yeah. them. It's yeah, just, you can't look. No, no, no. You can't, as a Leicester City fan, even the most ardent Leicester City fan, can't be looking towards City and Liverpool. You've got to just cons- try to consolidate your position. No, yeah, I know. But what I'm saying is, come. Coming back off the break with the reason I say Leicester would have been looking upwards and seeing a points total that they can go to rather than looking behind and worrying is that they would have had a Liverpool team that were more or less one game away from a title and could have switched off after it. And they had mm. a Man City side that were looking going, we're never winning the league and could have just shut down yeah. with Europe being the priority. That's why I'm saying Leicester could have looked up rather than They've behind. They've only had one win since they came back. Yeah. What I will agree what I will agree with is um, whoever made that point about uh, Rogers being clever with his formations. Mm. And I think again the reason for that is he wants to stand out. I mean it mm. is what it is with Rogers. You know, if he wins a game by sort of changing a formation, um, you know, people will talk about it, oh, it was this change of formation that Rogers sort of instilled or or put into the team and as a result we've got to you know, as 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 a as a result of that formation change, we've got to win. So again, it was a bit of, I think, just, you know, he's trying to be clever and overcomplicating things. And look, you know, he's going to end up fifth or sixth, maybe even, which is a disaster for them from where they were. But overall, it's been a fantastic season for them. You know, let's let's not get too carried away with the Leicester City bashing just because of our hatred for United and, you know, getting into those positions. We're frustrated because it's let United in. But, you know, if I was a Leicester fan and I finished fifth and sixth, wow. In this day and age, it's a fantastic achievement. Uh, well, I think, I think it's a good achievement. <laughs> yeah, I think. But I the think, way it's happened, the manner of it, yeah, I get. You know, I think. I think fun. when you actually when you look at how bad Leicester have been, right? Just taking United for a second. When you look how bad Leicester have been, mm. 
I think Chelsea have been bang average for the majority of the season. But yeah. they've been, well, bang average isn't probably the words, probably just slightly over average. When you look how good Leicester were and then you drop it and you come to some sort of average, they've been just above average. And then when you look at United's start, middle and end, and you get some average, they're just above average. So to, to say, like, you know, people are afraid of United and that they're back to challenge. I think it's I think it's a bit of a stretch. Now, I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but I think it's a bit of a stretch. But we're both going for Chelsea and United in the top four. Yeah? Me, definitely. Yeah, Keith? Keith. Chelsea and United for make the top four. United definitely will get toward. I think Chelsea will hold on and I think Wolves, I think Leicester sink. I don't see them getting that. And because they play Sheffield United next, but they were also young too and they're going to bring in Wes Morgan probably. Mm. I think they could struggle to get another point. Um, Ella F says City verdict tomorrow will be big in terms of the top four or five. Um, yeah. Just a quick thing on that, um, Grizz. Before we get to the relegation zone, um, the verdict is due out tomorrow. We've seen mixed signals from. Um, it's fair to say, journalists with City boys saying that they feel that they'll get off completely. We've seen some other journalists that might be anti-City in some way saying, no, it's definitely getting to two years. Look, I can tell you, we've done two shows, Chris, this week, and on one of them, it was City are getting to two years, that's the rumour, and the next day when we've done a show, it was City are getting completely off, and you have to yeah. judge it on the journalists you're watching. But Chris, the, the, the decision is due out tomorrow. Um, what do you feel the decision will be? If... <laughs> If they get completely <laughs> let off with this, right? After, the game's over, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's what you, what you do. I mean, there's no there's no credibility left, is there? There's nothing. There's nothing credibility no. left for the for the for, for the for the lads in the in the offices. They've it will be the most bogus, you know, the most bogus thing ever. And I, it wouldn't yeah. surprise me. I'm not going to sit here and say, "Wow, did they get let off?" You know, we know these things happen. Um, the majority of people thought that it's going to be sort of just reduced to one season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still sticking with that. I think mm-hmm. it'll just be one season, but um, nothing would surprise me, Gav. Nothing would mm-hmm. surprise me. Okay. Keith, where do you see this? I mean, yeah, I'm of the opinion that it'll be one season. I think to totally exonerate them, it just, it, it's the death knell for your waiver. It's the dent now for FFP. It's mm-hmm. it's the dent now for soccer, you know. And I'm not saying that as in all oh, the poor Liverpool, this poor Liverpool. I would not want Liverpool to be bought out by an, an Arab state, let's say, for the oil money, you know, the Qatar, Dubai, these sort mm-hmm. of Kuwait, Saudi Arabia, all this sort of thing. You have to think maybe, you know, if the game goes that way, you don't want to be left behind, but that's what it's going to open up. It's going to open up unlimited spending and the game coaching will be gone it'll just be fantasy football it'll be FIFA ultimate team do you know what I mean and it's that's not what that's not what I that that's the opposite of what I love about Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool do you know what I mean is that he's coaching them you know it's it's he's he's getting them out there and he's coaching them to be excellent this just throw money at it I don't know I think it's I think it'll kill football if they get exonerated I think it kills football well, Chris Brack says, if Cass open uphold the ban, I think UEFA go after PSG again. If City don't get let off with this, there will be further ramifications via the Premier League, right? Now, Kevin Sullivan says, if they get off with this, you can watch them sell the naming rights to their training ground for a billion pounds. Yeah. It's money laundering in full view. Yeah. And the big thing for me, um, and I've seen, does, does somebody in here, and I can't remember who it is, so I apologise, but they always mention the fact that this decision 
will basically push a European Super League even closer. And the reason being is that if clubs see that UEFA are just hot air, they will literally break away and go, listen, we're forming our own league, top 20 clubs in Europe, we're going to play each other every fucking week and we're going to spend whatever we want and the naming rights and and the TV rights will go through the roof and we leave UEFA behind. I think that's a real possibility. The big thing that sticks out for me in this is it's not the right or wrong. It's City's argument that the evidence against us was was collected incorrectly. Yeah. So they're not even arguing if you've done right or wrong. Yeah. But you've done it wrong. You you got it in a in a in a wrong way, which is absolutely unbelievable. Um I think they get off it. Fully exonerated. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I think they completely get off it. Are you basing that on the fact that the the confidence coming out of the, no, the city sort of media? No. No. I think I think I have a feeling I think their argument will work. Mm. I genuinely along, believe that. Now, so, well, it, it's very hard when it gets to Cass. Cass is usually, yeah. that's the decision and you're done. But if if it was a case of keep going on to higher, higher, higher courts, um, yeah, City are probably richer than UEFA, you know, and they could do something along them lines. But it's, for me, I just feel that their argument may work may work it's it's a bit like you know recording somebody for evidence when you're not allowed to you mm. know the kind of way and it's not admissible in court and yeah. i think that's the route city have gone down and i think it may work for them having said that you know i've seen people say um i've seen people say well if city get banned they'll only play once a week and they'll target the premier league it doesn't really matter i i, I don't go along with that i think i think teams get driven on by what they're in like Liverpool did last season with the Champions League and the league I think if Liverpool were still in the Champions League now they would have got 100 and odd points because they wouldn't have dropped the level whatsoever I think playing once a week can be a little bit boring so I wouldn't be I wouldn't be looking at it from that point of view Um, sorry it's Avo that says about the European Super League he said it was me Gav UEFA will be laughed at and no respect from the yeah. by the big boys, I think he, I think he's, and I've seen that comment come up, and I've kind of left it for a while, Avo. But I think this is probably the right time. Um, but we'll move away from it. We'll see what happens on uh, tomorrow. The club is being recorded tomorrow night, so there will be a reaction to that. Um, I think the lads are back in the studio under um, social distancing and stuff, so we'll have um, we'll have a pod from the studio tomorrow. Um, the the bottom. Of the table, Chris. Before we, uh, we we're gonna go on for another ten minutes or so. But the bottom of the table, Chris. Um, where do you see it happen? Because I still think those three in the bottom are gone. Although they've both won this weekend. Yeah, I think they they are gone, but they've made it sort of last. They made this, they've given themselves such a ever so slight lifeline, haven't they? I mean, the Bournemouth result was just crazy, mm. absolute crazy mayhem. Um, but I can't see them getting out of it. I think it's just a combination of uh, Leicester City shitness and just pure carnage the way that result happened. The Aston Villa was a good result, wasn't it? The Aston Villa played, um, that was a very good result for them. Palace are a very good away team, normally. Um, but I think they stay as they are. I genuinely hope, I uh, genuinely pray Watford and West Ham get further dragged down, but I think both teams have got well, they're playing each other. Game. They're playing each other next. What for the West, West Ham? They play each other mm. next. Yeah. Tasty. And yeah. The, well, the the hope we have is for West Ham to get dragged into it. And um, West mm. Ham have their last three fixtures is Watford, and then it's um, Man U away, and then it's Villa on the final day. Now, 
that's it. If they don't get what they need against Watford, and West Ham are being decent lately, not mm. trying to say that you, but when you've got two relegation dogfights there and then you've got the farm team in United, there's a possibility they don't get it. And, and if they mm. don't and the other teams get it, it drags them right in. But yeah, look, I think if I was to have to bet my life on it now, I'd, I'd say the bottom three out of bottom three. Mm. Okay. Grizz, are you staying with that bottom three? I'm staying with that bottom three as well, yeah. I'd okay. agree with that, yeah. Okay. Um right, yeah, that's that's we're we're getting there. We're nearly there, lads. Um Jack Charlton. Um I just wanted to say a quick word on Jack Charlton. Um he passed away on Friday the year age of eighty five. Of course, uh Legion United legend. Um he managed that he Middlesbrough and Sheffield Wednesday. Uh but um for us he was the Ireland manager from nineteen eighty six till nineteen ninety six. Um what a bloke. Um he literally gave us some of the best days of our lives, and I mean that when I say that. Um he takes over in eighty six in Ireland when Ireland's upside down. And he just takes he literally takes a country and just picks it up and um runs with it for ten years and like people of a certain age will appreciate what that man done for this country. Um an adored Englishman in Ireland is is a very rare thing. Mm-hmm. But um he is most definitely one of those. So we just want to uh, pass our condolences on to everyone in the Charlton family and um thank him and them for the memories um over those brilliant ten years. Um lads, I have a random question before we finish out with our song. And the random question is this very simple. I'm gonna give you a Liverpool eleven and the Liverpool eleven is Allison. Trent, Gomez, Van Dijk, Robertson, Wijnaldum, sorry, not Wijnaldum, uh, Fabinho, Keita, Henderson, and the front three. You have to take one of those players out, but you're allowed to sign two players from the bottom three as it currently stands. Who are you taking out and who are you replacing them with? Grizz is struggling. So, Keith, I'm going to come to you first. You so, I'm taking one, one and putting in another one from the bottom three. I'm ta- I'm ta- no, no, I'm taking one player out of that Liverpool 11. He's yeah. gone. He's out. So, out then the the two of them don't start to join up. No, no, no. You can take one player out and then I want you to sign two players to complement Liverpool's squad, but they have to be from the current bottom three. Okay. Um, is Wijnaldum in this team now? No. It's Naby, is it? <laughs> Naby. Yeah. Nabby's gone. Right, Nabby out. And who are you bringing in? I'm bringing in... Does it have to be a straight swap now, a midfield player? Or can it be no, any you have two players. You can bring two, two players, players in from the bottom three. I would bring in from the bottom three, I would bring in... Oh, Norwich. Villa. I'd bring in Todd Cantwell and I'd bring in Nathan Ake. Okay, cool. Grizz, who are you bringing in? Who are you getting rid of? Nabby lad. Nabby lad's out. Okay, can't believe there's going to be murder over this squad. Well, you know, it's a tough one, but someone's going to make these decisions, and I'm the man for these tough decisions. I don't give a shit. So Nabby lad goes out and in comes to enhance our squad. Billing. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, it's coming. Jamal Lewis of Norwich City to give Uh him. Robo Sam back up and I'll take Bendu Bendu go on Yeah. Him. I'll take him from Norwich. I'm not a Cantwell fan. Mm. Oh Grealish, you, Grealish, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <coughs> Grealish or Bendua. You know what? I'd I'd go Grealish. I'd go Grealish. Okay. Good Grealish stuff. and Jamal Lewis. I just thought I'd mix it up a bit there for you tonight. Um we try to keep oh, around the question on the fat back four. 
Yeah, we um we try keep a uh, random question in. Sometimes it's football, sometimes it's what's your favourite fucking disky. Um but we'll have to wait and see. David Walsh will bring in Brooks and Cantwell. Um let me see. Lovren out, Ming's in. Well Lovren's not included, Stephen O'Connor, that's yeah. why we went there. Um let me see. Jamal Lewis uh but he reckons he's rubbish, says Kev. <laughs> um, Ake for Gomez and also bringing oh, Brooks. Says Umar Patel. Oh, that's all right. Uh, let me see. Chris Black asks, who are mine? Um, yeah, I'm getting rid of Kate as well. I think overall, I think he's a brilliant player if, yeah. if, if he shows up. But I think on current thing, I it's think the he's easy, the most, It's the easy one to take out. Well, he's the one that has improved himself as much as Liverpool yeah. as the rest of them. And out of that, I will be bringing in Grealish and I will be bringing in um, not Jamal Lewis. Who's the other fella? At, um, Max Aaron. Oh, no, no. I'll tell you what I'm bringing in. Do you know the Seven guy back. at right back for... No, the guy at right back for... Um, Bournemouth. Is it Cook? No, Cook's a centre-back. No, there's, a, there's another fella at right back. Oh, what's Shit. his name? Whoever he is. He's not. Shit. He's really good. He's really good. Um, you can play right or left back. Someone will know his name and tell Adam me at some stage. Smith, is it? Adam Smith, Adam that's Smith. him. That's yeah. him. Adam Smith and Grealish, please. That'll do. Cover a, cover a fullback and uh, a replacement for Kate. I hope you get slaughtered in the comments for that. <laughs> no, um, well, people are just naming Adam him for Smith. me. They haven't given... Um, yeah, I think I think he's a, he's a great show. Um, I think he's made too much of all these. That's on, that's on, billing, that's on billing levels, Sam. That is fucking on billing levels. Yeah, well, you, you've committed to Billings, and um, you'll never be—you'll never uh, get away with it, right? Listen, we're gone an hour and five minutes. It's time for the um, performance of the year. Uh, we passed two thousand subscribers, and you can say what you want about Grizz Khan, but he is nothing but game. And he said, "When you pass two thousand subscribers, I will sing the fairy tale in New York." Keith lashed in and went, "I can play it on Tim Whistle." I said, "Great," and um, it just means I sit back, relax, and listen. Um, Which is slightly unfair. Yeah. Uh, well, I didn't put myself day. forward, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, we'll have to wait and see what we we'll do after three thousand subscribers. We will get to three thousand subscribers at some stage, I hope. But um, without further ado, um, Before this is we get further yeah. ado. I didn't say I can play it on the Tim Whistle. I said I'd learn it on the Tim Whistle. Yeah, and you've learned it. And another part here of. Uh, disclaimer here is me and Grizz have discussed this and we're only doing a segment of the song so we're not doing the full the full yeah that's fine that's just fine. so that the, the people aren't upset with this yeah no that's beggars, fine um, hey listen beggars can't be choosers Keith don't you be worrying about that we do yeah, what we yeah. gotta do mate yeah well like you are putting in like a, a musical performance here people only just have to hit like and subscribe don't they really so I think yeah, it's a fair yeah. old I think it's a fair old um, trade off to you yeah, this, this, yeah. Could, this could this could be carnage but listen Keith mm. we'll give it that okay. right um, listen that has been the Fatback 4 podcast for Sunday night we've got through loads the club is back tomorrow um, I do have a schedule for this week but I've lost it but we are we will be with you Tuesday, Wednesday Thursday and Friday night this week on top of the club as I said which is recorded tomorrow night um, so without further ado um, this is Keith Plunkett playing the tin whistle while Grace Khan sings Fairy Tale in New York also known as The Bells Are Ringing Are you ready Grace? Uh, no but well, let's go <laughs> Right <laughs> 
cold, but the wind goes through right through you. It's no place for the old. When you first took my hand on a cold Christmas Eve, you promised me Broadway was waiting for me. You were handsome, you were pretty. Queen of New here? York City. Go on. You're not singing this place now. Which Sinatra was Sinatra was singing. Which wait, 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 stop, stop. Oh, no, stop, Keith. You're not Sinatra was swinging. I wasn't given these ones. These <laughs> well, you weren't given them. Do you know what? Got it, I've got it, I've got it. Yeah. Yeah, Sinatra go, Sinatra was singing. Go, yeah. Go, yeah. Yeah. Singing. All the drums they were singing. Corner, they through the night. The book. Right, hold on. That'll do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Marco says, sweet Jesus, the dog is hell in here. What more do you want? No, I thought you were brilliant. It was me, my timing was off. Matt Sweeney says, and Street Awake, lads, yeah, is a clean up. Chris has the voice of an angle. <laughs> As I presume you mean it's angel. No, I presume he means angle. So yeah. do I. I was just trying to now. be nice. <laughs> I didn't get That's... to my favourite part. Yeah, well, listen, oh, you no. can sing it to yourself. You can sing it to yourself when I'm finished. I'm making all sorts of these apartments now playing the tune. Everyone thinks no, he's a weirdo. You've done fantastic. You've done fantastic. Um, but look, uh, there's no way you're getting, um, first of all, the football talk. You get here, um, you're not getting the interaction with people that you get here, and you're definitely not getting that sort of shit at the end of the podcast. I don't care where you go to find it, you are not getting it anywhere else. That's been the Fatback Four. Um, oh, what an ending! What an absolute ending! Be good over and out. This message is sponsored by Amazon. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. <laughs> COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel, but now there are vaccines. It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. If you're snacking on anything but tasty cake, you're making a huge Miss Cake. A fistful of chocolate-covered raisins? Miss Cake. A spoonful of peanut butter? Bigger Miss Cake. Or the worst Miss Cake of all, your kid's Halloween candy. And it's May. If it's not Tasty Cake, it's a Miss Cake. Because nothing satisfies like a perfectly sweet butterscotch crimpet. Or rich and creamy chocolate peanut butter candy cake. Tasty Cake. Accept no substitutes. Sports Social Podcast Network.